Welcome to season three of Diary of a Pandemic. Diary of a Pandemic is a personal development podcast that lives at the intersection of two framing truths. The first is that there's a global pandemic happening as we speak. The second is that unconditional freedom is freedom in all conditions. Two transformational coaches, Kianga Ford and Rachel Paz, set out to explore the path to unconditional freedom in the context of living in unprecedented times and meeting whatever the Rona brings with full responsibility for what it wants to teach us about how to get free. A couple of months into this project, George Floyd was murdered by a police officer in Minneapolis on top of a growing list of incidents of police violence against people of color. While our lives were quieted by the context of Corona, this captured our collective attention and led to widespread action around the deeper issues of systemic racism. As a black woman and a white woman, we have different vantage points on this moment. And we think there's a contribution to be made here by taking a deeper look at race through those perspectives. For the next 21 days, we'll be having an unscripted conversation about race, what's present in our lives around it, and what is our work to do to make possible a new conversation that leads to freedom for all. Hello. <laughs> it is a silly kind of Sunday and there's all kinds of stuff going on in our worlds, but we are here. <laughs> I'm moving today. I just finished moving a lot of boxes from behind me, so you can't tell that I'm moving today. But we are still wanting to come to you and not break our streak. This is day 17 of 21 days on race. And wow. It's been quite a ride so far. So if we haven't met before, my name is Kianga Ford. This is my partner, Rachel Paz. She's usually telling you important things like how to get to our link for the program that we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, Do I just so seem like the most antisocial person ever? <laughs> You're like introducing me and I'm looking down. <laughs> I'm usually the person that's talking at the beginning because Rachel is busy doing other things. And that's the great part about having two of us because sometimes it happens for me when I'm on just my own live and it feels very strange. So I'm Kianga Ford. This is Rachel Paz. Together we run a project called Becoming Free Humans. And Becoming Free Humans has been very interesting in 2020. I know when we first started talking about it, we thought it would be mostly in the form of a consultancy working with organizations about creating new organizations or allowing their organizations to really support emerging paradigms really in the space of the unknown, right? What does it take to really cultivate space, new systems, new ideas for what we don't know yet, right? How do we reimagine the limits of human potential? And how do we unlock, um, kind of unstick all of the human potential that is tied up in versions of our cultural programming and misunderstanding? Right, basically, how do we free ourselves most fully to um, have the most expansive human experience? Mm-hmm. And having expansive human experiences is what up levels human experience on the whole. 
So I'm telling you all that because we're like, yes, we're going to develop a consultancy project. It's going to be great. And then we coronaed and suddenly that had its almost its first iteration as a daily podcast called Diary of a Pandemic, which was about how Corona would basically start to erode the systems that we currently had in place so that there was both a new level of pressure and a new invitation to develop new systems. And we wanted to really track that influence. And then, well, you guys all know the story. In the context of Corona, we ended up in a place of really, in our compression, ended up in a place of revealing our racial wounds, right? particularly in America. Um, those got really inflamed with things like our collective attention to the death of George Floyd, um, many other incidents of police brutality that were happening simultaneously and, and kind of our circumstantial inability to look away. Right? It spawned a number of nationwide and then global protests. And most of you already know that story, I don't have to repeat it, but it's how we find ourselves in the context of a project called Becoming Free Humans, moving from a global health pandemic into a concentrated set of conversations about race. And today is the day where we really want to kind of pull back from the weeds and see the greater forest view. Right. We've kind of been in some of the minutia of our micro experience and the micro experience of listeners who have questions of their own, kind of in the details of how do we unpick the locks of this racial jail we've got ourselves in, right? Which means that we have had to give a lot of attention to the material context to the discursive context, right? By that, I mean the context of ideas about race. And so we've spent a lot of time looking at the thing, but now we'd like to pull back and look at, well, why does the thing matter? And where is it that we ultimately think that we are able to go, are capable of going when we get that thing resolved, right? So the, the core impetus isn't racial justice, right? Well, that might sound controversial to say, the core impetus is freedom for humanity so that we are available to be fully expressed in our potential. Racial justice is one of the things that needs to get handled on the way to making that possible. Yeah, but where are we actually going? Because Ooh. we will not get lifetime gold stars for creating good allies, right? That's not ultimately the aim of the work. It's an essential part of getting to the work, of being whole people who do the work, of having everyone have access to contribute. Mm -hmm. So that's our lead up. What's the, what's the big picture? What's the long game? What are we in it for? And, you know, as we were looking for ways to take these very large ideas and 
bring them into a brief conversation here on Facebook Live, um, you know, the analogy that I came to was like, this is like cleaning the kitchen. Right? So when we sort of reach the racial equity goals that we are talking about, we haven't made the meal. We've just cleaned the kitchen in order to be able to make the meal. So it also, for me, when I say that, really creates some urgency about getting to this work because there's a lot that doesn't feel fully possible before we've done this work, right? So if you're resisting doing this part, we're a long way from making dinner. <laughs> I'm so hungry. <laughs> right? Like, mm, wouldn't it be nice to be at the feast in this lifetime? Mm. Mm -hmm. Right? So what's the work that we have to do? Who needs to shop? <laughs> Who needs to wipe counters, right? Like, how, how do we begin? How do we begin um, to create? And this is part of the pre-work, really. Um, There's a way that it's, yeah, I was just gonna say, not that it doesn't have its own complexity, right? Its own density, its own intensity. I'm not dismissing what it is. I'm just saying that it's not actually the thing, it's the thing on the way to the thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say that it's, um, you know, for people who have been involved in personal development work for some time, right? The, your analogy perhaps isn't new, right? Like you got to get the gunk out of the way before you can actually build the things that you want to build on a solid foundation. Mm -hmm. And I would say most of us are accustomed to doing that in an individual context, right? How do, how do I build the life I want for me? Mm -hmm. Right. And it's gotten the, I feel, I feel like the question has gotten so much bigger recently. It's always been a big question, but I think that really seeing some of the inequities highlighted in the way that we have, and, and it's not just about racial inequity, right? Like there's, the planet is being destroyed. There's all sorts of things that are happening that are calling us into um, expanding our attention outside of our own personal selves and like, okay, so you, you may actually know how to clean your own kitchen and make a meal, right? You, you may have been on a path of being able to um, create for yourself from a foundation that feels really good to you. Okay, now can you get even bigger? What does it mean to get bigger? Can you expand that out to how can I, <clears throat> like, if your kitchen gets bigger, <laughs> your house gets bigger in general, instead of, it's not just the house I live in, it's the planet I live on. Um, and so then the kitchen is like, oh, well, there's a lot more dirty dishes than I thought. And, <laughs> um, and I have to feed a lot more people, right? So I have to bring, um, I have to be in relationship to um, more than just me and the things I immediately touch. Um, I have to be in relationship to like what's going on in a larger context. Yeah. And, and I'm going to say yes. And mm -hmm. I want to pull it back from the context of altruism, mm -hmm. right? It isn't just, okay, well, my life is good. Now I need to include the well-being of others, right? As a way of being altruistic, philanthropic, generous, it's that part of what's happening, we may shift metaphorical tracks, um, 
part part of what's happening is that as long as there is a role in your experience that you're outsourcing to someone else, right? Um, you're outsourcing the role of the villain to white people. You're outsourcing the role of the disenfranchised to black people, right? The, the role of the victim to black people. Um, you know, the, the, the role of one who doesn't have access to someone who doesn't look like you, right? Then there is a way that you don't actually get to be a full integrated whole. So there's a place where we are putting our collective attention on this so that we can all be whole people who are not projecting parts of us onto others. This is some of the basics of what the machine requires for expansion, right? The sort of um, human machine, the life machine. As long as the problem is out there, we don't have full capacity. Right. And, and I'm not suggesting that the problems are not real, right? Just both that, that there's both spiritual work to do and material work to do in the revision of, of um, the discord. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's a, a variety of freedom that is only possible, true freedom, it's only possible through wholeness, right? Through a kind of integral or integrated experience. And so if it's other people who are angry or other people who are privileged or um, people who don't look like me, who have access to do or have X or Y, Right. That's been one of my personal ones right? in terms of limiting beliefs that uh, people who have X, people who have second homes are people who don't look like me. People who have second homes because they've actually had more than one home um, and simultaneously. <laughs> people who do that with ease are people who don't look like me. Right. Um, and there's just this way that as long as we're projecting what's possible onto someone who is not us, that we don't have the fullest um, sort of slate plate of possibility. Mm -hmm. right. And while it might seem counterintuitive, that's true if you're outsourcing a sense of limitation, right? It's that person who is limited, not me. Mm -hmm. Which is why we are so often saying the work to do is ours on all sides. It doesn't matter what location you occupy in this moment. The level up that's being, um, that's being called for, that's being called forth through these circumstances means that everyone has to figure out where their limits are, right? And... Um, how to get back into relation with our own individual wholeness and the wholeness of the greater system simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And it occurs to me that, you know, many of us try to, to try to do the material work mm-hmm. um, before doing the spiritual work. <laughs> well, what are the concrete actions that we can take today, right? That will impact this. And, and it reminds me of, you know, when I've done sort of big personal up-leveling spiritually, right? Where I go on a retreat and, some, and, I, and I integrate a part of myself in a way that I haven't before, right? I've, I've been able to see how maybe I've been blaming my mom for my whole life about something about why I can't have what I want. And now I'm like, oh, I actually like, I can see where I just wasn't willing to take up the space or something like that, right? That's not a great example, but, um, and I come back from that and then there's like this moment of clarity of like, of the, um, what would I call it? Um, the, the, the discord between the circumstances that I was living and like who I am now sort of post that revelation that like make the thing that needs to happen so clear. Oh, I have to move out. Oh, I need to break up with my boyfriend. Oh, like whatever those things are, they come from you personally expanding into more of who you are. Right. And when we have those experiences, the, what do I do becomes really obvious. Like what needs to happen out here becomes so much clearer than like from us, like putting our heads together and like, Oh, what should we do about this problem? That is, you know, big and daunting and difficult and uh, you know, right. You can't, you can't solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that created it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indications of Einstein. Right. Um, and so I'd, I'd say we've been really attentive to be on the ground with this conversation, right. To not have it live up here in this level of abstraction, but it feels important that the, that the on the ground mm. elements that we're responded to, responding to get connected to a bigger picture, right. So that we, hmm. We aren't selling an opportunity to come and have a conversation about race that is exclusively and only about race. It's about tools for understanding the transition, the, um, the larger context. So we talked a little bit about the spiritual and the material. And I would say that between the spiritual and the material, there is the discursive, right? And what do I mean by that? Sometimes we call that discursive space, the space of programming, right? It's the space of ideas. There are material realities for people. There are spiritual insights that we have over here. And in between, there are a lot of internalized ideas that we're all holding. You really work in the space of um, revealing the internalized ideas and the ways that we hold those personally so that we unlock what's possible on both the material plane and the spiritual plane, right? When you can see the way you hold ideas, you can see, as Rachel just described, how to take action. But it really starts with understanding which ideas are you holding, right? You're essentially constituted by the ideas, the beliefs that you're holding, right? And once you can see those, then you also can see 
how they relate to some of the larger spiritual principles and the opportunity to shed some of those limiting ideas and expand your um, spiritual understanding. And we don't always start, we don't lead in these conversations with spirituality. We don't want that to get mistaken for religion or dogma. One of the things that's really important about our processes is how individual it is. So there are some collective ideas that we hold about race, but we hold those in different locations with different expressions and iterations, depending on how we grew up. For the most part, all of those ideas are equally limiting. Mm -hmm. So we've been seeing, you know, an idea like, um, oh goodness, like, kind of rabid clan style like aggression is something that most of us recognize okay we don't we don't hold that variety of of racism right we don't hold that kind of limiting perspective but we're only just beginning to collectively deconstruct liberal colorblindness right which is equally limiting um hmm in the sense of not allowing people, disallowing people from really showing up in the fullness of their experience and in the specificity of their gifts and um, perspectives, right? So it's, it's in this sort of middle zone of how do we hold the ideas that really requires, um, hold on one second. The thought that I'm having is it's that middle zone that really is this thing that we've been describing through the series as this is your work to do, right? So we can look at the material plane and we can do diagnostics from the material out there, right? Like, okay, maybe that's reparations. Maybe that's donations to social justice organizations who are dedicated to fixing this problem at the level of housing who are dedicated to fixing this problem at the level of voting fairness, right? We can run a lot of material diagnostics. Sometimes we've been talking about spiritual bypass and, and what it is to sort of go to the spiritual principles and believe that, oh, we don't have to go through the material and the discursive. We can just go around to the spiritual. In the spiritual, I just love everyone equally and I'm going to send love and light and I don't have to be involved with any of that stuff. Right. And the place that we're pointing to that is really generative is this place in between what you do and um, kind of who you are at the deepest levels, right? Like from a spiritual perspective, who we are at the deepest perspectives is love. But that doesn't mean that we're not holding a lot of beliefs that are counter to that, mm -hmm. right? Like colorblindness. Um, so it is a really practical cleanup of what's happening at the level of the discursive, what's happening at the level of ideas, of beliefs, of, of internalized cultural belief and uh, limiting personal belief. I don't know, maybe the point of today is to just kind of... Um, decode the territory. Mm.
Well, I think too, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things that I just have personal awareness of and is that like spending time in the muck mm-hmm. is so much easier when you have a sense of why, where am I headed? What am I trying to get to, right? It, it, it is the, the vision for what's possible on the other side is the fuel for getting through this stuff that is really uncomfortable and hard. And so I think it's important to like really have that anchored in um, as you start to dig around, right? <laughs> if you don't, I think it's really easy to abandon the work pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. To abandon the work and also not see the impact of this collective blind spot, right? Now it hasn't been a blind spot for all of us, but it's been a blind spot for enough of us that we can't actually transcend past it, Mm -hmm. right? So how do we unlock the stuckness? If you speak the language of personal transformation, this is maybe making sense to you on a different level than it has before. Why why it's so imperative that we come into a very straightforward conversation, straightforward in the sense of um, overt right? conversation about race in this moment. It's, this is not ancillary. It's not like, I'm a good person and I'm going to do extra, right? Like race is my extra credit work. It's like, no, there's so much that we hold. You know, we often hear uh, like the sort of uh, big three taboos right? Like that addressing any one of them in the zone of personal transformation unlocks all of them. Those are typically sex, death, and money, right? I think race is the one that we haven't been attending to. Mm-hmm. So it has the capacity to connect with all of the others. Right. So if you haven't done your work in this zone, come on over. I think we mentioned maybe yesterday, maybe in the last two days that we ended up pushing back the start for Intimate Allies to August 1st. So if you are listening to this and feeling intrigued, curious about the conversation, we encourage you to check out the link to the program below and just reach out to us for a conversation about it. One of the things I really appreciate about this work is just how personalized it is. It's very much about what you'll find when you go inside of you that's particular to you and your experience that you are not going to be able to learn from listening to someone else's lecture or reading someone else's book. What lives in you on the topic of race? More tomorrow. Hmm. Maybe more today. What's <laughs> I just kind of wanted to sit with it for a second. Hmm. Right? Like to, to, to sit here in it. There's there's a lot. We we do a thing in our coaching, um, it's called giving up your game, right? Which is where you kind of explain how you do the things that you do and what you understand about them. And so 
we've been coming to you for 17 days now, kind of talking about the thing, but not really giving up our larger game about how we, how we think and why we're here. So that's it. Super transparently and still with a lot of complexity. So we'd love to hear from you about that. I, um, what is it? I did the math once. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, we meet for two and a half hours once a week for six weeks. I'm pretty sure if I didn't totally crash out on the math, it's 15 hours. Right. And I know that everybody is busy. Um, but I think what is 15 hours? In the, in the sort of context of the history of this thing, in how much time we've been spending on social media and in front of the news and trying to figure out how to respond even to what our families and friends are saying in like close range social media. I have surely spent more than 15 hours just processing content from this, right? in a way that didn't leave me with more skill or more insight, really certainly not with a greater sense of settledness. So I think it's really time that we call it to the mat and see, okay, what's it worth to you? Is it worth 15 hours? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you have questions for us, if you have things you'd like us to talk about in the next few days, if there's anything that we've said so far that you'd like us to address um, your questions about, we would love to hear from you. You can post in the comments below. You can reach out to us by direct message, either to Rachel Paz or to Kianga Ford or to our Facebook page, Becoming Free Humans. Or you can send us an email at hello at becomingfreehumans.com. Today, I have the feeling that I'd really like to reach you. So whether or not you feel like this is the work for you, I would just love to hear how this is landing for you. Yeah. Now I feel done. More tomorrow. <laughs> cool. See you guys soon. Yeah. We'll see you back here again tomorrow for the next installment of Diary of a Pandemic, 21 Days on Race. If you want to connect with us with your questions, reflections, inquiries about working together, joining us live on the podcast, or really anything else, drop us an email at hello at becomingfreehumans.com or through the messaging function of whatever app you're listening to this on. <laughs>